This week's episode of Here's Don't Get is brought to you in part by Classic Coke. The same great taste with that old look you love. Classic Coke. Get some today. To here's what I don't get from north to south, east to west, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Tab Burton. With me today, as always, Uncle Buck. Also, yeah! also, longest consecutively running podcast on the See you Next Tuesday podcast network. I forgot to put that part in there. Man, it's just like old times. You <clears throat> start and immediately something goes wrong. You want to start over? I don't. Okay. okay well, I mean, I just... just now, I'm not saying start the recording over. I mean, just like accept that you biffed it and and just start from the top. Take two. No, no take twos. We're doing one and done. That's one the way I done. wrote all my papers in college. That's the way I, we do this show. You get the rough draft. We like it rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true to form. You get the rough draft and you like it. That's what I tell my kids about my cooking, too. Mm. It's on the plate. It's hot. Eat it while it's there. You're going to eat it. Otherwise, you're not eating. Yeah. Well, uh, Uncle Buck, it's been a long time since we had you on the show. How have you been? I've been good, man. Uh, Life's been good. I mean, there's always the chaos of, you know, things going wrong, horribly, horribly, unfathomably wrong at every turn. But other than that, I'm really good. Yeah, so uh, actually Uncle Buck's calling in from his cell inside a federal penitentiary due to his involvement with the January 6th insurrection, which we at Here's What I Don't Get completely condemn. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've so, got to hurry up, man. I've only got like 14 more minutes left on my phone minutes. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, so be, I get shanked. Be sure to donate to the Patreon. That way we can refill Buck's phone minutes for the prison hotline and he can keep calling into the show. So... It, if you haven't gathered, uh, the new, well, not the new, but the old new host in the rotation is Uncle Buck. So yes, thinking to yourself, you're like, all right, so we got Joel Chaco, we got Uncle Buck. Obviously, Tim has to come back. So who's the fourth? You'll have to find that out next week. Uh-oh. What it's going to be, it's going to be you pre-recorded two different sides. It could be you and Mad Cucks. <laughs> that would be pretty great. If I awesome. if I could feasibly do that, I would do that. But I don't think I can feasibly do that every week. Or, yeah, well, well every, once a month. I I would do it maybe once. <clears throat> Rip the whole thing out. But yeah, that would be a real real nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I guess we had you on. We had you on for the episode where Mad Cux was on, and I couldn't be there. So that was the last time we heard from you. Not not following your January sixth escapades. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I, cause my wife was asking me, aunt Buck was asking me like, when was the last time you were on that show? I was like, who knows? <laughs> uh, I remember a couple of years back screaming about coffee or something. And that was, that's really, yeah, I've slept since then. Uh, I'm 40 years old now. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Re- remembering things kind of falls by the wayside. Like, you know, not peeing yourself falls by the way. So you just kind of accept the things that happen to your body and your mind slowly and inevitably over time. Yeah, I have to work with a bunch of uh, 18 and 20 year olds now. <clears throat> yeah, hell with that. That's, um, that's odd. We were, we were at work. I was at work the other day and uh, we were talking about something and I said, yeah, I'm probably the oldest person here. And they're all like, you are the oldest person here. 
because uh, everyone that I work with is in their twenties and I'm, I'm not. And I was just, I was like, Oh my God, I work with children. I went from yeah. working with people and they're like fifties, fifties and up. A lot of the stage hands in Tulsa are like retired retirement age. And then there, there are some young people to now suddenly only working with almost children who have no idea what they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's a very strange dichotomy to go from being a young person and then you, when you get into your thirties, you're still kind of young to some people, but like older than all your friends that are still in their twenties. But when you get like in your upper thirties, all of a sudden you're like someone who's 18. You're like, Oh, I don't, I don't relate to you anymore. This, this, yeah, this is utterly alien to me. You're, you're less than you're less than a person. In another couple of years, the people that I'll be working with, because they're going to rotate out and I'll keep getting new young people. I will have been doing my job for longer than those people have been alive. Like I will have been in this career field for longer than they've been alive, which is a crazy thought to me because like, yeah, I've done this. I've worked in theater my entire life, but I've never really thought about (laughs) it. Never, it never really occurred to me like how long that has actually been until I started thinking about it, talking to these people. But, um, it's funny this week I've got a show in that cannot fucking plan to save their lives. They're imagine they keep asking for like more time. They're supposed to have these, they, they sent us a schedule of like, this is the time we're going to need to be here. And then they're like, Oh, actually, can we get in at 8am? No, fuck you. I'm not going to come here and be here for 14 hours in a day because you guys can't get your shit together. Uh, what part of there's only one person on staff right now that can handle your technical needs? Did you not understand in the one production meeting we had? So our, they had a rehearsal Sunday, and then we we had Monday off because it was Labor Day. And Sunday evening, they sent an email that's like, hey, can we get into the theater at like 10 a.m. and do a whole rehearsal, a whole technical rehearsal in the morning? No. Fuck you. No. I have other plans. Maybe, yeah, sure, those other plans were this. But also, like I'm already, I've already scheduled myself for 50 hours this week. I really don't want to work 60 hours because I worked 60 hours last week, and I'm, I'm, my days of working 60 plus hours are fucking over. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that, especially now because I'm on a salary, so I don't get overtime. So if I'm there for more than 40 hours, I'm just getting fucked. If I'm, yeah. if I can get, keep myself there for under 40 hours, I'm doing really good. <laughs> You, then the roles reverse and you're the one doing it. Um, now, although I will say, uh, so from the opposite end of that, and it's not theater, but it's, it's a music standpoint. I like an early load in when I have a show. Yeah. Um, because so, uh, over mortal had a show, our first show in 20 years, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. So it was the 27th. And, um, like the load in was at four and I was like, Hey, let's get there at three 30 and see if we can like, Jimmy the door open and get a couple extra minutes to like get our stuff loaded in, get it set up, get all the kinks worked out. Uh, so I also, but then again, like our inexperience, you know, or my rustiness, I suppose. Yeah. But you can also just schedule that. Like I, I'll get, I'll be getting into this in my, in my issue, but last weekend I was in Tulsa and I did two gigs and one of the gigs loaded in Friday night for a Saturday show. And then the other gig loaded in Saturday morning for a Saturday show. Saturday afternoon for a Saturday show. And uh, so like, but we scheduled to be there early to load in that way our stuff was set up and ready to go. And, and then, and then the problems began, but I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that now. Cause this is not, is not the, now is not the time nor the place. 
Um, but I think what we should do is jump into your issue, Buck. What is your first issue back to the show? Uh, well, I think we're going to, I think we're going to, since, since I know what your topic is, I know what your issue is. Uh, and I had an audible I was going to call, but we'll, we'll hang on to that. Um, my issue this week, here's what I don't get. Mike bleed. You know, Mike bleed. Yeah. It's probably your, you'd probably rather re- actually bleed than Mike bleed. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, as I, as I mentioned, as we segue into the issue <clears throat> over mortal played our first show in 20 years last weekend, we played it at the venue that our, our 20 years ago, last show was at the upper room in Statesville, uh, all by design, all by design. It was very well set up. And I had this vision in my mind's eye, uh, the best laid plans of, of buck and buck, which was, I was going to have video cameras borrowed from different places. Nice ones set up at locations around the room and there was going to be microphones run into uh, recording devices so that we could capture the audio, like each instrument individually, really high quality. And, uh, and the, and the, the luckily like the upper room, their downstairs stage had a really nice digital board that we could do all this with. And the guy that was uh, in charge of all that, understood how to, you know, we, we took a couple of days of like getting my laptop prepared with the correct drivers and everything. So we get there and we set it all up and um, we are like, okay, so we want to capture like the amplifiers, like this amplifier you see behind me, this big Marshall. I, I took everyone's advice and I turned it down. Yeah. I turned it down because for one, that's a hundred Watts on two, four, 12 cabs. I, there's no, like, I don't, I didn't turn it up past one and a half, like, and that was plenty loud. Um, That's what we've been saying for years, Buck. Vindicated. That's the end of the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This was all just to get Buck to admit that his amp was too loud. Show's actually canceled. We're not doing any more fucking episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, 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 listen. When my mic, when my amplifier has been mic'd, I can do that. When I'm getting proper monitors i can do that but back in the day there was no such thing but this mm-hmm. amplifier that i talked about at the time which is now a table next to me that i have my drink set on is joe biden um, on this episode because it seems like there's a lot of walking back happening suddenly listen here, listen here. <laughs> uh back then i had to crank my amplifier because then uh that was the only way i could be heard it was the only way there was no possible way because i had your issue going on where um, I just had people working against me. So, so, so we get there. <clears throat> this other little amplifier that you probably can't see. It's right there. Little PV micro head plugs directly into the board. Great. It's isolated. The drums, there's no isolating the drums. This thing, this, this Marshall, there's no isolating it. We used a, uh, an S, not SM57, a E609, a Sennheiser to capture it. We had vocal mics. And uh, we played the show. The show went great. Not a lot of people showed up, but, you know, it is what it is. We, we did what we could on a limited budget. Enough showed up. We'll put it that way. I get down to, uh, I get all the, the footage downloaded onto this laptop with limited space. Very limited space, uh, which I'm using today. I get the audio tracks. And I go to mix them, and everything sounds like. Thank you. 
the whole thing is Mike bleed, Mike bleed in every direction, un, unmitigated and, and unrecoverable. Because I was thinking, hey, we will, like, if someone has a flub, I had a few, you know, they, they happen in a live setting, especially uh, a first time in 20 years live setting. Um, we'll just go back to the studio, set up the gear the way it was at the show, retrack it, retrack it. No problem. No problem, right? Think <laughs> again. So, so during the pandemic, Tim and I did a set of four music videos for my dad. I don't, I, we might have talked about it on the show. I don't think we ever showed them. Uh, we didn't show them on I the show. I hearing you talk about them, yeah. Uh, but we shot all four music videos in um, one evening, one Wednesday night. We shot all four videos. And then we went and frantically edited. And I think by Saturday, we had four finished videos. And the only reason why that was possible was because we had, my dad records to a click track. So everything would match perfectly. And so all the shots that we had, we had a little uh, Bluetooth speaker that I was standing just off to the side of the camera blasting that at him so that he could play along with it to match it. And then in editing, I just listened for that track, matched them all up, then deleted our filler track, all the audio from all the tracks and dropped in his fully mastered version and everything looks perfect. Yeah. Tremendous amount of work. I'm, I'm still amazed at like with the product we were able to push out in such little time with only the vaguest notion of what we were going to be doing. Well, but in that case you had, studio audio to work with yeah so my point my point being uh live audio is the exact opposite of that it'll never you'll never be able to get them to match it'll always look weird well it's not that it's not that it looks weird because like i said we have the live audio and live cameras right yeah so um that part was fine i've actually put out a video already and i'm working on a second one but anything that wasn't utterly isolated there's there's no retracking it. My guitar, it's full of like like everything else is full of my guitar because my amplifier was pointed right at the back of my head, right? Then you have the sound bouncing off the back wall from the mains, which were like really juicy. They were good mains. <clears throat> but uh like when uh we had Aunt Buck come up and sing a couple songs toward the end of the set, uh, which we rehearsed and all the thing. And so she has a very soft voice. So they had to like really boost her gain. So in her track. You hear mostly drums. You hear her voice about equal with the hi-hat. Mm. So it's like, oh, so when we go to like, if I go to make that into a video, I just have to understand that the drums are going to be mega hot on that track. So well, you can um, kill the drum tracks and only take your, your bleed drums. And then that would reduce it a little bit. I thought about that and I might, um, but here's the other thing. Uh, because her voice was is so soft and they had to boost her gain so much, any part where, of the show where she's singing, you're fighting the hum, the, mm. uh, the feedback. So uh, everything that we got was like, like there, there was a, there was um, one of my guitar tracks. I was, I was trying to isolate it from the bass a little bit. And all I can hear is. <laughs> that. And uh, it makes for a headache in post. Makes for a headache in post. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I hate editing live concert video. Because the other option is that you have, you're just using like the cameras on board mics and then it's like getting louder or quieter as you get close to the mains and kind of move around, which is no good. But if you have like a stationary mic in the, in the house, then you, you have like a, a nice even sound of what the room sounds like. But then some guy wanders up, get up close to it, and He's like, yeah, so anyway, I was fucking my wife the other day. Yeah. Like in the middle, in the middle of your song, there's just, you just hear this dude talking. You're like, what the fuck? Another fun one. Um, so my dad did a live album when I was a kid and the way they did it was they took their, they took a studio track of the three piece version of the band, not the full like studio version of the band that had all the different pieces. They recorded that they were, they were demos to send out to other groups. And then to use that audio, they took, they went back into this, the studio with, a bunch of people and listen to the album three times and recorded the people listening to the album to get their like noise. And then they faded it in and stuff to make it seem like it was a live album when it really wasn't. These are little tricks that I've learned over the, over the years. So we have a stationary camera at the back of the room and then one uh, roaming camera, which worked out really great. I found that video editing works a lot better when you only have, two things to switch back and forth between mm-hmm. uh, that makes it a lot easier, especially because I, I use, I basically do video ed- editing with a hammer uh, as opposed to actual video editing tools. So, um, but anyway, we had that issue where the guy running like the camera audio is actually pretty good because the mix in the mains was good, but um, the, the, the guy running the camera, who's a great guy and I love him after every song, he's like, yeah, and he's the loudest thing in the recording. <laughs> <laughs> or I would talk. So we only had like maybe 15 songs to stretch out over the course of an hour. That's not a lot. You would think, especially because our songs are so short. So I had to talk in between songs and be that guy. And uh, anytime I would say something that he agreed with, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. And I, I, I love the enthusiasm, but like, I don't know. It just you, you Now know, this audio said, track is useless. <laughs> what, is it, what you said rings true. Um, we actually borrowed from my church. We got some of those crowd mics. So mm-hmm. they're the elongated. They're meant Shotguns. For yeah, they're meant for sitting on the stage and pointing back at the crowd. Um, we didn't test those prior to hitting record. So they were nothing but <gasps> the whole time because they were just completely overdriven. Who would have thought Michael Winslow would be on this episode? I know. <clears throat> I just, like, I'm, but I'm accurate. That sound is accurate. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, Sounds like it was you were overdriving a condenser mic. Yeah, it's it was the whole thing was just really. I don't know. I was pleased with the show. We had a fantastic time. We're trying to book more, but um, like going back and like seeing all, all the. I mean, th- there were certain things we knew were going to be a challenge setting out. Like um, I, I had to put a mic on this monster. I could have gone out of the direct out in the back, but it sounds like a jar full of bees when you do that. Like it just sounds terrible. So um, we knew there were going to be some issues. Uh, I didn't realize like some things you just can't polish out. There's no, can't there's, polish no a turd. there's no going back in the studio and retracking it uh, because it just, then you have like the bleed and also your retract. It just sounds like a dentist drill in your mind. Just Yeah. <clears throat> yeah and, and the total change of conditions, it's, you you'll 
when they did Maddox's audiobook on um, the WATP biggest pro- or TDS crossovers, every so often you'd like hear where they'd splice it in one word, and it's it's the same, like it's the same studio, it's the same mic, everything's the same. But even just that little bit of change in time to go back and say a new thing, you can hear that splice happen. And I, I don't know what it is. It's like there's a gremlin inside of audio gear where. It never real. It has some kind of quantum resonator state thing in there. Chaos theory that changes every time you turn it on or off. It will change, and then over time, it slowly changes too. So that even though like nothing will have changed with the microphone uh, or or my mixer or anything else, because there's there's been times like episode two ninety nine. I think uh, I had to split it into two episodes to put it on the feed for the our podcast because it was it was too big i would had to have like compressed it down to like 56k and it would just sounded like shit so instead i was like i'll just cut it right here came back in the studio and i was like hey everybody uh this episode split in half this is the first part at the end go listen to part two and then part two i started out by saying like hey everybody this is part two if you jumped into this one first listen to part one first. It's all one episode. I just had to split it because of the, of the deal. And like, I'm, I moved whole cities. So it's, it's understandable that that kind of thing happens. But then yeah. I've had ones where I've had one little bug or I've, uh, I wanted to mention this one thing. Let me, I'll just go ahead and record a little stinger real quick. And I record that little stinger. I pull it into the editing software and it's like a totally different waveform, not even close. And, and part of that might be like my own personal energy in that, after the show, I'm, I'm kind of nicely uh, spent. It's like, you know, that post-orgasm high you get. Yeah, I was going to say post-nut clarity, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not quite as, like, steamed up as I would be. I wish we had recorded this episode, like, the day after we re- I recorded with Joel. Because my issue, I was fucking furious about the day of. And I've, I've kind of cooled off on it, but I, I, I'll, I'll dig deep. Dang it's, it, dang it, dang it, dang it. I meant to start out my issue as people who can't fish. I was gonna make uh, that. You fucked up. Ah, I did. Just take it back from the top. Yeah, da, delete da, this da, episode. Da, 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 da. We've done that before. <laughs> yeah, only when there's a massive technical failure. Yeah, one of the first times in your basement. What was it happened that day? Something. It was another one of those things. Like something didn't record, or somebody's mic yeah, wasn't I on. I, I, I think maybe one of the mics wasn't lined in correctly. Uh, I think that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. And so it we sounded like. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the heart of my issue. Um, Mike Bleed, man, it's it's making... Go ahead. When you you told me this issue, I thought maybe you had like a trans friend who was having their period. Oh, his name is Mike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. um, No. uh, What can I say, man? I'm so out of the loop. I don't watch I don't watch news at all anymore. I don't, I barely use Facebook. I started a TikTok for some gut awful reason. Uh, I guess to share over mortal stuff because I saw on a video somewhere that TikTok is where you promote music now. Yeah. And so I asked somebody I know who's in their 20s. I was like, hey, what do you know about TikTok? And she's like, oh, you'd be great for TikTok. It's I was Chinese like, spyware. That's what I know about TikTok. Well, so I'll bring that up in a minute. Uh, this this girl that I know that goes to my church who's friends with my wife. She was like, oh, you, you'd be great for TikTok. I was like, no, I'm 40. I <laughs> you misunderstand. I'm I'm old now. I like 
I understand that I'm like the cool guitar guy at church and everyone kind of views me as someone who's still in their peer group because I don't look all that old, despite the gray creeping into my hair and my beard. Um, uh, and like all of my, uh, like my friend group is mostly my wife's friends that come over and hang out. So they're all like in their mid twenties and, uh, it's like, oh, okay. So I'm hanging out. It's kind of weird to be honest. Like you were talking about earlier, like you get older and everyone is younger than you. And the, like, it's just kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm too old for TikTok, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway, because, because I, um, I think the Chinese need to know a lot more about me. <laughs> I'm a, so, honestly, I'm a pretty great guy and I think it would benefit them a lot to have my influence. I, I, they probably, they probably banned your shit from being broadcast to, to any of their agents. It'd be too, it'd be too convincing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's funny. The more people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I don't really use Facebook anymore. I'll listen to the news. I'm like, man, I've been on this no news bandwagon for like four years, five years. It's been great. Yeah, it uh, is. It's like, oh, I feel normal mostly. Yeah. You're, you're not just wound up about shit that doesn't affect you in any way all yeah. the time. And then, and then you do hear a news story. You're like, it's, it's funny because you can pick out the like lie of news immediately you see and you see the headline you're like i know what this story's about sure enough there's there's the truth of it uh that's why yeah. i like to when tim did the news bit because uh you know then i didn't have to and speaking of the news bit <laughs> it's time for this episode is brought to you in part by the Ricketon news network definitely not fake news mad cans well, uh, I think that's actually like principal something. This is a guy from uh, The Simpsons. Anyway, uh, here's our first news story. News outlets are claiming that an old Ukrainian dude shot down a Russian fighter jet and then featured the photos to show him holding a shotgun. Uh, it's It's been in the Express. It's been in the Daily Mail. It's all over the Internet. Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing in, in the world to show this guy holding a shotgun as if he shot down whatever the a MIG is. Uh, clear propaganda. And I cannot believe that our like the media would spread propaganda about a war for which they have strong feelings. Listen, you're, you're, you're overlooking the obvious answer to your objection, the rebuttal to your objection, which is that he was using slugs. It was a one yeah. Okay, so that's that's a good point. Um, and so let's say let's let's say this isn't propaganda. Let's say this guy went and got his rifle or his shotgun with a slug, and he shot down a fighter jet coming to it to just lay waste to his homeland. Uh, you know, he's standing against an oppressive regime who wants to destroy everyone who disagrees with them. Well, doesn't that? Kind of suggests that maybe like we could shoot down F-15s with AR-15s, which is why we need to have AR-15s in case the government uses F-15s against us. Well, see, doesn't, doesn't doesn't that kind of track then too? I mean, listen, I'm all for everyone owning whatever boomstick they want. I'm just saying that you doubting that this man shot down uh, a MIG, whatever, uh -huh. a MIG Infinity with a shotgun, sounds pretty pro-Putin to me. 
Uh, I am pro Putin. I wish that he would just fucking bomb everything out of existence. Uh, you want student loan forgiveness? Here's a 10,000 megaton student loan forgiveness. No student, no loan. Yeah. You're not going to fucking pay back a dime after this motherfucker comes to downtown. It's all about framing, right? Putin has a way that you'll never have to pay your student loans again. I'm all for it. All right. Start I'll walking always, into the ocean. Speaking of framing, you're the one saying this. I'll get framed for it. I just know it's true. Uh, Good point. Um, sometimes the, the solution is just to break it. Well, the, the, I, that's the thing is like they they will report Joe Biden. May, he made that speech a couple weeks ago where he's like, you can't use, you know, we got we got, F-15, we got F-15s. You can't fucking fight us with F-15s. And Eric Swalwell being like, oh, the government has nukes. You think your AR-15 is going to make any difference against nukes? Like, are you suggesting that the U.S. government would drop nuclear weapons on U.S. soil to stop their own citizens from rising up against the government? That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. But then at the same time, the news people will be like, yeah, this farmer totally shot down an airplane, a a fighter jet with a shotgun. No, I I mean, sure. I believe it. I believe that you could get a lucky shot, right? And like pierce the canopy and the like kill the pilot. And it'd be like one of those thousand to one shots, like the the scene in Saving Private Ryan where he hit, pulls out his pistol and he's shooting at the tank and shooting at the tank. And then it just Bang. fucking explodes. You're like, whoa, that's awesome. And then he dies. But it was actually an airplane that blew up the tank. I, I imagine some weird twist of fate that could happen. But if no, if that uh, is also happening, then you have to also accept that, yeah, an AR-15 is a great weapon to stand against the government. I mean, I like I like where you've gone with this, and it's fun to point out the uh, the take things to their logical conclusion beyond this like the taxicab fallacy. You know what I'm talking about? You ride this thing to the conclusion you want it to reach, and then you just kind of abandon it. Yeah, but if you follow it out to where it really goes, it sometimes takes you to horrifying places, which is really fun. Uh, um, no, what it was was the pilot was suicidal. <laughs> he, felt really bad. he felt really bad about uh, his mission and about uh, the ideology that had shaped his life. He had a, he had a one of those um, cockpit epiphanies, as they're called, you know. Mm-hmm. And he just decided to um, just nosedive it right in this farmer's field. Yeah, Either that uh, or he had really really bad target priorities, and he was like, I could drop bombs on real targets or I could wipe out this guy's corn. So there's so, a, there's a myriad of possibilities that I'm not going to, I'm not, I like that. He, maybe he was just like, yeah, I'm taking out this corn. Fuck, fuck corn. Like his, his mom served him a lot of cream corn and, and cornbread. And he just grew up hating corn and he's flying over to Ukraine to like bomb some, some targets. And he sees that corn patch. He starts thinking about his mom, think about like all the terrible things he's done. And he's just like, but I just fucking hate that corn. It's, <laughs> it was David. It was David. <laughs> That part of the song where his mom came in the studio and whipped his ass. No, mom, no, no, no. Corn, boom. No, what it was is he saw that kid on TikTok. The mm. corn kid. Probably. Yeah, that's what that's what happened there. Uh, so, our, ne- our next news story. Uh, Timothy Theobald, the FBI agent alleged to have interfered with the investigation into Hunter Biden, was assigned by the Washington field office as a point man to manage whistleblower Tony 
Bob Alinsky, the first son's former business partner before the 2020 election, but he suppressed his damning revelations, sources say. Uh, really? Bob Alinsky spent over five hours secretly being interviewed by the FBI about his insider knowledge of then-presidential candidate Joe Biden's involvement in his son's business deals with China. The previous day, he had revealed in a press conference that Joe Biden was the big guy and due to get a 10% cut of lucrative joint venture with Chinese energy firm CEFC, according to an email found on Hunter's abandoned laptop. Bob Ulinski gave the FBI the contents of three cell phones containing encrypted messages between Hunter and his business partners, along with emails and financial documents detailing the Biden's family corrupt Biden family's corrupt influence peddling operation in foreign countries during Joe Biden's vice presidency. One of those countries, oddly enough, being being the Ukraine. That's uh, what a weird coincidence that we've dumped now a hundred billion dollars into their economy. <laughs> It'd almost be like you know, so if. Uh, Let's say, like Walter White, right? When, um, when they figure when Hank is chasing down his old RV, it's like not his RV anymore. He's not cooking meth in there. But there's information yeah. that could maybe lead to the fact that he would be uh, caught if that RV was found. So he goes to the junkyard to have the RV destroyed. And then Jesse gets in there. They end up getting kind of cornered, and they have to pull some shenanigans to get out of the junkyard. And then they destroy the RV, and everything goes along with that. Well, what if instead of an RV, it was an entire foreign nation? Put it right in the trash compactor. <laughs> uh, it's also crazy when, like, the FBI is supposed to be this nonpartisan thing that does investigations and then pre presents their information, and they're like. Whoa, this could damage our favorite presidential candidate. Oh, I probably shouldn't tell anyone about this. Yeah. And then they just bury it. And then years later, it comes out and it's like, this look, this is exactly what we're fucking talking about. This is why we were told we were crazy. And and they're just, the news is just like, yep, yeah, that's totally fucking true. But then simultaneously, they'll be like, you're not allowed to post this information on Facebook. Like, Motherfucker, the difference between misinformation and stone cold fact is about eight months now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's the problem with you talking about that in this segment is that you're calling it news and it's not it's not even news anymore. At this point, it's like it, like you said, it's, it's we've known it for eight months. Um, I, I, I can't even get riled up by the the nonsense and the just the blatant hypocrisy of it all. And you know, like back in the previous days, I would get mad and I would cuss and I would scream and I would foam at the mouth and me and Joel would like really just have a good old time of it. Or even when I was on the show with you, but I just, I just can't work up the energy. It's like, yeah, I just like that all needs to burn. It all needs to burn. Uh, social media all needs to burn. Ukraine probably all needs to burn. The whole thing just needs to burn. We need to start over um, at this point. Flood 2.0. Uh, sounds really good, and I volunteer to stay behind. I really do. Just, just wipe the map clean. Uh, the 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 SMOD needs to happen pretty much immediately. <clears throat> it's just, we need to that ten thousand megaton student loan forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take out every student loan and just just <sighs> kiss the thing this, on the way down. This will fix absolutely everything. <laughs> no, um. Yeah, I wonder if that. So, did that fix my volume balance issues? It's a uh, Streamyard is supposed to auto balance these things, but I guess it's not doing that. It's uh, it's it's just too heavy on this side. It's overcorrecting. Huh. Anyway, well, sorry to tell you. Uh, 
I got one more news story. I don't know if you saw this. The uh, Bed Bath and Beyond CFO, they they were like it. It was exactly like the episode of uh, the IT crowd where they're like, uh, Mr. Renum, the IRS is here to talk to you. And he goes, uh, send them in. I'll be with them shortly. And then he just jumps right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the Bed Bath & Beyond C- CFO <laughs> jumped to his death instead of facing whatever, you know, they're like, oh, my God, he jumped to his death. And the first thing I thought was he was up to some kind of weird financial improprieties. Turns out he totally was. Uh, the Bed well, Bath and- – Go. Uh, the the Bed Bath and Beyond CFO who plunged to his death Friday was being sued for artificially inflating the company's stock price in a pump and dump scheme to sell off his shares at a higher price. Gustavo Arnal, fifty two, is listed as one of the defendants in a class action lawsuit brought by a group of shareholders who claim they lost around one point two billion dollars <laughs> when Arnal and major shareholder Ryan Cohen engaged in a pump and dump scheme. The lawsuit filed in the United States District Court in the District of Columbia claims that Cohen had approached Arnall about a plan to control shares of Bed Bath & Beyond so they could both profit. As part of the plan, the lawsuit claims Arnall agreed to regulate all insider sales with Bed Bath & Beyond officers and directors to ensure the market would not be inundated with a large number of shares at any given time. He then allegedly issued material misleading statements made to investigators regarding their strategic company plans and financial condition and reports of shares holding and selling to help increase share prices. Now this shouldn't be, um, this shouldn't be surprising to anyone because like who has shopped at Bed Bath and Beyond in their ever I mean, I, I'm married. I, I know the store exists, but I don't remember ever having shopped there myself. Well, they sell all the same stuff that's on Amazon for three times the price. Yeah. So, or on the side of the road for free. Yeah. It's it's wild that that store is still in existence. Like when I heard this guy jump to his death, I I was mostly shocked that Bed Bath and Beyond was still a store. Not so much that like any of the news surrounding what was going on with that. I just remember that episode of the Simpsons where Homer kept cloning himself. I think it was like one of the the Halloween episodes and like the clone would die and he'd be like, well, he had a good run. I think that's how that guy felt about himself. He's like, yep, uh, I'm about to go to jail forever. I'm about to have horrible things happen to me. I had a good run. I might as well just kiss the pavement. We. I, you know, I, I actually kind of respect it a little bit more, although yeah. he's he's just, he's an idiot because as a guy who created well, $1.2 billion, those people never face jail time or any kind of punishment. Um, Maybe. Who knows what other kind of – look, man, they, when you have someone who's that rich, there's almost never just like, oh, I got money through shady means. There's always, um, there, there's always like some other stuff going on. Like they're going to find out that – he had like a crazy sexual past or, or sexual present or something. I don't know. Um, or like he was into, I don't know. There's always something really horrifyingly embarrassing. That's, that's not just on a financial level that someone's going to like, Oh, I can't, I can't let this get out that I'm into this. So I'll just, you know, uh, kiss the pavement as opposed to have them go through all my, which are going to anyway. Yeah. So, you just don't have to deal with the, you just don't have to be there to see it. Yeah, yeah. And instead your family has to deal with finding out that you're like a criminal and your death. <laughs> yeah, there was um there was like a big preacher that happened to uh, in the past couple of years. This guy was like, I forget his name. Uh after he died, it turned out that like he was uh 
coercing a lot of the women in his ministry to bang him because like, Oh, I'm the spiritual leader and you have to give me that poontang or else, you know, you know, for God. And, I just uh, assume that's happening with every religious group. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Would not surprise me. But, um, and I say that as someone who's, who's gotten deeper in my faith over the years, not, not further out. I just, it just, that's just the nature of people, man. So uh, yeah, it's like, everyone was dealing with all oh, this great leader of our church has, has, has gone home to be with Jesus. And they're like, Oh, and by the way, he was shagging chicks rotten in the most despicable way possible. And like, this was not like, this was, this was coercion. This was not like, Oh, he's the leader. And I want him. It was like, he's a creepy old man uh, who probably smelled bad. And he was like forcing women to do this. So um, yeah, it's the same. It's always the same kind of thing. Jesus always wants something- you to let me enter you. So he told me. You see, Jesus Jesus wants you in his heart, but he has to go through me because he's in me already. He has to go through me into you through whatever orifice he can find. So this is going to be the, no, yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I applaud that guy for taking the coward's way out, uh, for not thinking through in the moment, like, hey, I'll, I might see a couple of months of jail time. I might get beat up or shanked once. And then I can like, you know, the guy's money is all in an offshore account somewhere. Yeah. I can then just go and retire with my money and my one shank scar and, and whatever, where, wherever I want, wherever I want. I could go to Mars for, for that, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire to the surface of the sun and just live out the rest of my days, uh, utterly rich and happy. But no, he was like, um, yeah, I'm scared of being found out. Wee. Good on him. Good on him. Congratulations, yeah. sir. You you got what's coming to you. Well, this has been... The Data News Network. Definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligations this week, but you know it doesn't take care of... Uh, window cleaning. If you want to help us clean our windows, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers, which we may be reorganizing into some form or fashion. <laughs> uh, we have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode. Like last week's episode was very early. Uh, still counts as being last week's episode, though. <clears throat> we are a $2 tier. We throw in bits and bobs. We did a uh, review. Tim and I did a review of the movie Prey, the new Predator sequel that is not good. And then we have our $5 tier... <laughs> Here's what I do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. Uh, Tim and I are going to be getting together this week to do a makeup bonus episode from earlier in the year. And then I'm still workshopping how we're going to make the bonus episodes work with the new batch of co-hosts. So that's, that's a work in progress. Then we have a $10, $10 tier where we, uh, do movie commentaries where you, the fan, submit a film, you vote on what film we watch and record a feature length commentary. We need to get back on those. And then finally we have our $50 spite producer tier where you get a say in the show. You can demand uh, special bonus content, video content. Uh, if you want to have a, a special guest on that we haven't had before, or maybe that we have had before, if you want to say, I don't want this co-host on for a whole month, um, that is something that we will do. Anything in our power that we can do, we will do our best to achieve. But then the 50 bucks goes straight to that co-host. No. <laughs> the 50 bucks gets split evenly among the co-hosts of the show. Uh, well, yes, uh, yes. get caught up on your spites. I think I think that means we owe him spites. So. Oh, 
Well, then, Tab, get caught up on his spites. That's what I'll try and do. Uh, well, yeah, can't can't jump out of windows that aren't clean. Let's jump right back into some issues, and by some, I mean the final issue this week. Here's what I don't get. Uppity sound guys. Yep. 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 I uh, I can say this because I am one of them, but I'm not an uppity sound guy. I'm like, I'm a passive sound guy. You come in there, and I'm like, what do you need? Here's our gear, and I just I'm quiet. I let you do your thing. If your show sucks, I don't say anything about it. <clears throat> okay. Not my, it's not my place. Not my place. I'm just there to make sure you're heard clearly. Right. Okay. Sure. That's sure. I'm sure. sure. They're, they're the sound guys. They're like, I got to make you sound good. I, I don't do that. I can't make you sound good. You want to sound good? Spend more time in the rehearsal hall. I'm just still tripping over you calling yourself passive. I just, I find that really interesting, but okay. Yeah. Uh, well, as a, an uppity sound guy. So last weekend I went to Tulsa to do two shows because the band that I used to work for out there double booked themselves Oh, for two shows in one day, not at the same time, but there was one show in the early afternoon and there was one show in the evening. That sounds like an episode of a sitcom. Yeah. So they needed. So one of the guitar players called me. He said, hey, would you possibly be available for this weekend? You know, this this <clears> date of span of dates. And I was like, coincidentally, I am not working that weekend. I could be available. He's like, OK, cool. I'm going to try and not cancel either one of these gigs uh, so that but I'll tell the band that you're coming to help because that'll make them all confident that we can do it. Cause I am the greatest. I am the greatest man in the world. All of the, everybody the else. Yeah. I am the greatest man in the world. I mean, you walked into that one. I'm sorry. That's, that's what I was doing. So okay, the, the, we get, I get there Friday. We load the band in Friday evening. We get there, we get to the venue um, about, Six, six, six fifteen ish, right? Yeah. Trailer pulls up. We start getting the doors open. We pull some stuff out. We're walking into the venue to like start setting things up no later than six thirty. That's the latest we possibly would walk through the door, right? Uh, we set up our gear, and the plan is we can't sound check because they have an event in the adjoining room that we will spill into. So we're going to come back the next morning and sound check and. The next morning, I wake up to a text message from some, from one of the guys that's like, uh, hey, they want us to take down our arrays and lighting no. because it's they say it's in the way. And I'm like, so we, we get there, and this is a huge event in a very small room. This room is not even the size of, like, the physical space of a basketball court. Okay. If you can imagine that in your head. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it has It has big vaulted ceilings. And in this room, they have lined one whole side with a very small stage and two giant LED walls. <laughs> and then and then even further out, they have little speakers on sticks angled back into the to the room. This is apparently some kind of like cancer benefit for children's cancer, which makes me just wish more children would get cancer now uh, because I fucking hate these people. And they have like a camera platform the camera is maybe 20 feet away from the stage. I don't know what the fuck all this production is for. So they're like, we can't, the, we can't see anything. It's like, well, yeah, these seats can't directly see the stage and these seats can't directly see the stage, but they've got giant fucking video walls right there. Like 
Why do you have a camera in this room? What, what is all this shit? So they want us to use our subs and then tie into their tops, which are not in the same plane. Right. Which is important for speakers. You can work around that with delays, but they're still not in the same plane. They're not like the same type of box. And, and so I'm, I'm like, why do they have all these cameras? How is this stuff in the way if you have if you have cameras and video screens? What's the point of all of that if you also need to be able to physically see the person? What's the point of that in this small room? And their sound guy came as close as I have come in a long time to, th- to throw in hands. Because he's like, well, it wasn't really a visual thing. It's that your equipment's dirty. And we don't <laughs> want your equipment to be visible. <laughs> And this guy is like wearing like a sweater and stupid shoes. And it's like, our equipment's dirty. I'm sorry. We're a road band that plays outdoor shows. Yes. Our, our equipment does get dirty. It's beat up because it rides in the back of a trailer. We don't store all our shit in a warehouse where we load up a truck for a single event event at a time and then unload it into a warehouse to be serviced. It lives in a fucking trailer. Fuck you, asshole. If you were any good at your fucking job, you would have found out there was a band and offered to have a fucking PA in the room that could actually support a band. And if you weren't a fucking moron, you would know that this isn't going to work because your mains are pointing at the goddamn stage. So we get in there and do the show. I'm trying to mix into their system stereo out into their system i've got speakers aimed directly at my microphone so i'm fighting fucking feedback (laughs) everything's tinny as fuck the whole thing was just a nightmare of mixing because these fucking people were because the people that put on the event were too fucking stupid to go oh hey sound company we hired we have a band coming hey band coming we have a sound company hired to take care of all of it. They had, they weren't allowed to use our lighting because they were using their lighting. Their lighting consisted of a front wash in stark, bright ass white, which looks terrible on human beings. And then a rainbow scroll up the curtain behind them. Absolutely nothing going on with that. Just like fucking, why are you even sitting here? I can do this with a remote control. I can do both of your jobs better than you. And I'm not, and I wouldn't be an asshole about it. Oh yeah. And, and so when I, then, then we started to get into an argument about this. I'm like, Whoa, if this isn't, if this is an issue from the client that our shit's too fucking dirty for you people, why was nobody here to approve the placement of our equipment last night when we set up? He's like, well, I left at seven and nobody was here. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You left at seven. How well, that's weird because that? we are walking in the door at six 30. We were here before 6.15 unloading the trailer. So what door did you walk out of? Because you didn't walk out of the door. We were going like, well, I might have left earlier than 7. Well, did you leave at 6 or did you leave at 7? Because there's a big hour difference in there as to when you were leaving. I left here just before 7.30, driving out the front gates before 7.30. So you must have left a long time before that. And then you have the fucking audacity to come here and tell me that my equipment's garbage. Fuck you. Fuck every inch of you, you fucking worm. No, audacity is what they were using to record. It probably was. I was so <laughs> pissed off at that guy. I was oh, so I fucking it. pissed off at that guy. to say, Oh, yeah, I left here at seven. You guys weren't here. Oh, we were absolutely here. We were here and actively setting up at seven. Where the fuck were you? Off getting your fucking jollies, going to fucking L.L. Bean? Can you get another pair of douchebag tight pants? Fuck you. Uh, don't you love catching somebody right in the middle of their nonsense? Oh, I, 
I was, I wanted to just pound that guy, but I was like, I really don't want to go to jail in Tulsa. No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, probably I, not. I could not believe the, the disrespect, the lack of professional professionalism of any kind. It'd be one thing to say, say like, uh, you're, 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 cause he said your equipment's dirty and this is supposed to be a classy event. And like, it'd be one thing, white cloth. Yeah. Throw, throw a tablecloth over. It'd be one thing to say like your, your equipment's a little more beat up or, or say, or claim the sight line issue or something, but just be like, yeah, your equipment's garbage and fuck you. Like your equipment's garbage, man. Your equipment is dirty. And so are you. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there for that. And it was it was at this venue in Tulsa, Southern Hills Country Club. It's where they just had the PGA. And I I had done a couple of, a long time ago when I when I worked in Tulsa as a stagehand and I worked for this party supply company. I worked as a stagehand and I did a show in the same little ballroom there. And we spent four hours reconfiguring the stage about five different ways to try and get these too big of projection screens in that they brought because they brought the wrong size. It was a company out of Oklahoma city. They brought the wrong size screens. They're like, Oh, we could totally make it fit. And they, they wouldn't fit. And so then they finally were like, Oh yeah, we're going to have to uh, bring in a smaller set of screens from Oklahoma city. So that and like, okay, do you want us to come back after lunch? Like, no, we only want to pay for the four hour minimum. So you paid okay. for four hours for us to do nothing. And <laughs> And then we came back in for loadout. And then shortly thereafter, right about that same time, I worked for this party supply company, Trucking and Tucking, and I worked for them. And, and we rented, we had like, you know, it was like Party City, basically, if yeah. or Party Galaxy, whatever it is in your neck of the woods. Party Except City, we, yeah. we also sold, we also rented like carnival equipment and tables and chairs and wedding decorations and that kind of shit. Very classy. Yeah. So... Southern Hills Country Club has this big 4th of July party every year, and they have a contract with the party supply company that I work for, and we rented them all of our chairs, all of our chairs, somewhere in north of 500 chairs. So Truckin' and Tuckin' and I took every fucking one of them. They're those cheap-ass white plastic folding chairs. Every single fucking one of them. Set them out on a table, scrubbed them clean, stacked them up into stacks of 50, tied them down so that you know, this, this stack has been cleaned for Southern Hills and then, and then it's going to go out there. So don't rent this one to regular people. And so we like kept renting the same dirty chairs until we finally hit 4th of July. We loaded, we had to get a special truck to carry all of our chairs because the truck that the company I worked for didn't fit all of the chairs. Right. Drove it over to Southern Hills, left it there and they unloaded it, set up for their event and loaded it back up. When they loaded it back up, now, there are carts. The carts hold 50 chairs. There are straps. The straps strap 50 chairs. There were like three empty carts, and there were multiple stacks of chairs that were like 100 or 80, just weird numbers that were then – then the straps couldn't fit, so they like strapped only the top or strapped it weird. It's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? So then we we have to restack everything in the truck. We get back to the to our – our store and these chairs are filthy fucking disgusting big muddy footprints on the seats just like 
And and I'm like, what the fuck is the what is going on with this? And my boss says, oh, you know, what's funny is that's that's always like this every year. And these are supposed to be like the upper echelon of people in our in our city because Southern Hills is a very prestigious club. And I was like, yeah. So because they make so much money, they're just like, ah, just fucking put mud on it anywhere. So then trucking and tucking, I had to clean all those chairs again so they'd be suitable to be rented to the general public. And I was like, why do we fucking rent to these people? We just wasted so many man hours cleaning those chairs. We should have sent them dirty chairs and then cleaned them when they came back because they'd stay clean for the whole fucking year. Yeah. No, and it, it's go ahead. And then I made a rule. I said, I'm not fucking working at Southern Hills ever again. Not working there. Fuck them. Then I started working with this band in Tulsa and they're all good guys. They've taken really good care of me over the years. And I started breaking that rule. And then I fucking did this show last weekend. And I was like, I should have kept that goddamn rule and not come back to this fucking hellhole. They should drop a 10,000 megaton student loan forgiveness right on fucking Southern Hills. Fucking no PGA. We got the PGA. We're so fucking fancy. Why don't you all get fucked to death by dogs? That'd be too good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always kind of amusing to me at this point in my life where you would think high society like 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 the the stereotypical like old women wearing doilies or whatever who like look down at you because you're young and they're like oh look at we're, we're so prim and proper and you're so uncivilized because you're young and male or whatever and those are usually the nastiest people yeah like anytime you have someone who has that much money and that much self-importance and lack of self-awareness. It's usually the most degenerate, disgusting things you can possibly imagine. That might not even be mud. It's probably, it was probably probably shit. Yeah, it it probably was. I, I just, I cannot stand the people that look down your nose at you when they hired you. Yeah. Evidently I'm evidently my band is good enough. My equipment's good enough to come do your fancy party, but, but then it's not because it's dirty. I just, and the guitar player was like, I'm sorry, this is my fault. I'm like, no, it's not your fault. It's, it's the fucking people that put this shit together. If you're hiring a sound company to set up sound, why would you also tell the band they need to bring their own PA? Cause that was the thing was that because we're playing two venues and we loaded one in on Friday. So the, the schedule was load in one venue Friday, sound check at venue at Southern Hills on Saturday morning, leave there, go to venue number two, load in, play that show, load out, go back to Southern Hills, play that show and then load out. So we had to have two PAs that weekend. And I wanted to put our PA, the one that ended up at Southern Hills, at venue number two. Now, I called around town to try and find a rental PA to cover either of the two spaces. Had had anybody communicated there was going to be a giant multimedia production team on site, we could have said, hey, can you guys throw some subwoofers on your QSC K-series speakers? And then we'll just play into yours and everybody it would have saved me so much time we could have shown up with our our board and uh our microphones and stands and that that been it and then taking our board and and microphones and stands over the other venue set up torn down super easy but no couldn't fucking do that couldn't fucking communicate god forbid someone fucking figures out it's like why do why do these people exist? And I and it was funny because I was also at the same time dealing with the production manager of the people that are in my theater here in St. Louis, who has no fucking ability to plan or decide what their schedule is. They keep asking us what their schedule is. Like, motherfucker, you're the show. You create the schedule. And then we say, yes, we'll be here for that. We don't fucking create your schedule. 
We're just walls. We're floors and a walls and some lighting. That's what we are. We're not fucking strategic managers for your artistic vision, you motherfuckers. It's always somebody else's job. Yeah, it's, it seems to always be my job. And that's what I'm getting at. It's very annoying, yeah. Oh, you should have known that we were going to have... You, you Really, you should have done the research and looked at our website and our schedule to know that we were going to have this event with these two giant LED screens because that, you know, that's on you. Yeah. That's on you for not... For, that's on you uh, for not knowing that we would look down our noses at you. You should have done your research. Due diligence, Tab. Due but diligence. The thing was, I walked in and I saw their road cases and I saw the company's name and I was just like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I've worked with all these companies around town. <laughs> so, There's always a telltale sign that something has gone awry, isn't there? Yeah, and I'm like, why, is, why do they have all this gear? And then we step through the curtain and we see all of this... Now, what a, a rational person w- should have done when they said, yeah, we're doing this event. We're in this ballroom. We want two giant LED walls. They should have been like, yeah, that's stupid. What you're asking for is over the top and completely unnecessary. It's a very small room. Yeah, You, d- you don't need giant LED walls. But they were like, uh, those LED walls in our warehouse, they're not making any money this weekend unless we do this event. So, yeah, that'll be twenty two thousand dollars yeah no sure no problem sure we're raising money for to cure kids cancer but we can spend a hundred thousand dollars to make a million dollars instead of spending like 10 grand to make a million dollars you know the amount of money that gets put into stuff like that boggles my mind there was a there's a touring band that came through statesville and they rented out my church to to put on their show and they had a, it wasn't an LED wall, but it was a huge LED screen. And that thing was like 40 grand that they bought to lug around in a trailer. And they don't have a road crew. Like it was the the band members, like putting up the trusses, putting up the lights, lugging everything in. I was like, my God, like just, I don't know. I, I guess that's what you have to do to make it these days. But the amount of money that goes into that kind of thing just absolutely boggles my mind because we made 30 bucks playing our show. Yeah. So I just, you know. Like it, well, you should get it, an LED wall. Well, next time I have forty thousand dollars, I'll, uh, you know, and someone who knows how to program it, and we have content to program on it. You know what I want? I want this at my show. You see this right here? I want in-ear monitors at our shows. Uh, so that's easy. In, well, comparatively, I know. comparatively, yeah. But like, so the to run the setup the way I've got it in my head, you need a pretty good digital board. I would prefer a Behringer. No. Then you have the Behringer, like the uh, this is what I'm familiar with. Then the the Behringer, um, the P16 boxes. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those? The, the little... individual, the individual mixers for everybody for their monitors. Mm. Uh, yeah. They use those at my church. I love those. I want those so bad. But just the setup for that is like thousands and thousands of dollars. To if you buy it new, which I'm not going to buy it new. Then you have to have your wireless in your body packs, and you have to have all your blah 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 blah. And I've got like thirty bucks. So, here's what you should do. Here's here's I'm gonna tell you. Give uh, up? No. Take a headphone, headphone amp. Okay. In a rack. You come out of one of your outputs from your board into that headphone amp. Then you run a cable over to your pants where you have it hooked off and you plug your, your headphones into that. Then you mix your own monitor using an app on your cell phone called Mixing Station that's free that lets you wirelessly log into a Behringer board and you go into the buck thing and you 
set all your faders and boom, now you have in-ear monitors and you've spent a hundred bucks on a rack mounted headphone amp and 20 bucks on a cable. Uh, so over here, Phil Banks. Yeah. My church does live stream. Yeah. Um, they do, uh, hit me up on Twitter or something. I'll, I'll post it one day. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the audacity of some people to getting back to your issue to just completely biff it and think that their, their, their stuff doesn't stink in the midst of it really boggles me sometimes. Yeah. I, I, as he, he was, it was lucky that I left my gun at home because <laughs> I just started opening fire. So anyway, well, <laughs> the tabs issue next week. Here's what I don't get: the insanity defense. <laughs> oh, I 300 episodes of this. That man is clearly a lunatic. <laughs> I'm never getting committed for a crime ever. <laughs> it's it's clearly premeditated. He was just waiting for the victim. He's waiting for the right victim to come along. <laughs> Uh, we, we know this man was just a ticking time bomb. It was premeditated. He didn't know who who the victim was going to be, but it was coming someday. Yeah. And he kept saying, one of these days, Alice, one of these days, bang, zoom, or bang, zip, body bag. I Holy it. shit, you're old. Yeah. The yeah. honeymooners? Joke, Come on. And my jokes don't work anymore either. I keep, I keep biffing them. Well, hopefully there's some voicemails here for the Mr. Ed, uh, Catch us up on Mr. Ed, since that's probably more your speed, old man. I used to watch that. When I was a kid, I used to watch that. Well, this has been Here's What I Don't Get. I'm Tad Burt. I'm Uncle Buck. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. If you want to call in the Here's Got Holland, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us on the Discord under voicemail upload. We've got one from Jay this week. Gentlemen, it's Jay. And here's what I don't get. Obnoxious lefty co-workers. Last week during yep. one of our pointless teams meetings before our boss deigned to grace us with his presence, one of my co-workers asked the other about her shirt. She got all excited and showed off some luxury space communism meme thing and rambled about going to a pride parade before the other one waved his stupid anti-racist water bottle around. And I was so close to saying, this has nothing to do with work at all. And you're both substituting <laughs> smugness and I support the current thing for having a fucking personality. At least I'm several hundred miles away and I'm planning to bail on this slapdick operation before they have a chance to use up my valuable oxygen. On a lighter note, it was cool to hear from Chaco after so long. That was it. Stay furious. Uh, I cannot stand. So uh, I meant to bring in a new segment this week. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it right here. Is stuttering John Melendez a cuck and a faggot? Buck? Uh, I guess. I don't yes, know that, that, is. that is correct. I never paid that attention. Correct. Uh, I, I don't understand people like him where they don't they don't have a nuanced opinion. Like I, I have a friend out here. He's a lot more liberal than I am. And we have conversations about politics and about how he's wrong and culture. No, not necessarily how he's. No, I don't think that he's wrong. We just disagree. And there's a difference there. 
Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so we can have a, a reasonable conversation about the problems, about what we think solutions might be without getting angry at one another, without, because he's actually thought through his opinions. He's not just repeating the thing that he saw on the television or on Twitter. Right. Uh, and both sides do this. And it's, it's like, just don't make politics a part of your life. If you don't have any depth in your yeah. thoughts, yeah. like, like I don't talk about sports, right? Because I don't know anything about sports and the little bit that I do know about sports is not like worthy of having a conversation, but Came that's, what these yeah. well, that, no, not from Sega. Uh, <laughs> that's what these people do is like, they have my level understanding of sports of like the whole political sphere. And then they, they just, they want to get in that conversation. We're like, yeah, I can't believe they went for a, uh, they went to try and get a first down on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. And it's like, well, you know, it was kind of the playoffs, man. They, it was either that or lose. So they wanted to try and win on their terms. Like, yeah, well, you know, all I know is that you just, you just, you don't do that. It's like, wow. Thanks for that tremendous insight. John Madden who's the only sports person that I know. (laughs) Joe Willie Namath. Terry Bradshaw. All right. So start shouting out names. I'm going to, uh, who's who's your favorite team? Uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no, like, never mind. Just know, uh, like, you don't know sports, just start shouting random, <laughs> random nouns. Go, I'm going post, to tr- try and save some of these ones that look like they're maybe for, for Joel specifically for the next time Joel's on the show. Also, I want to briefly address um, one of the topics in the voicemail we just listened to about the anti-racism water bottle. Clearly, the solution to this is to have a openly racist water bottle to counteract the, the anti-racist water bottle. That is a good point. Yeah. I just, it's it's like, so just have one that's kind of like a surface that you can use a dry erase marker on. And when someone puts up their bottle virtue signaling, whatever, like in this case, anti-racism, you just write the, like the N word in bold letters (laughs) on it. Hold up the water bottle and be like, hey, I have a, I have a racism water bottle too. And just put that there or whatever slur would offend them the most. I think that would be the best thing. Um, Yeah. I got another voicemail here. Do it. All right. I work in an old folks home and first mistake. I work with a lot of old people and here's what I'll get. Mistake. Old people. How is it that we have an entire generation of people who just refuse to learn or improve? Working with baby boomers is infuriating. How is that that you don't know how to send an email when the send button is right there? No, because the send button now is a hieroglyph. Uh, we had to use an iPhone at work uh, uh, when I was on the palletizer. And I'm, a, I'm an Android guy, right? And we had to take several pictures, which I know how to get the camera to work. And then we had to like send these pictures of this various stuff in an email to another member of the, of the, of the staff there for documentation purposes. And I had to use the, in, the email app in iPhone and it took me a good two days to figure out where the stupid send button was because there's not a word that says send. It's a hieroglyph. So unless you under- yeah, unless so I'm like that, that could be anything that could be the arrow that goes straight up my butt. If I push the wrong button. So it, it was a real nightmare for a little bit. Um, but also, here's the thing about old people that most people don't understand. They didn't ask to be old. <laughs> they just live too long. 
They, they, could, they could have jumped off a building like the Bed Bath and Beyond CFO, you know, and then they wouldn't be old. Like a, it, well, then they would be flat. Then they're then they're flat earthers. Yeah. Then then that's even more boomery. So um, yeah. No, I get it. It's man, getting old is weird. It really is. It is. It is one of the most. And I'm not even that old. I'm only forty. But it's you start viewing things a whole lot different. Whenever you're like, oh, I am that old guy now. Like, you see, anyone over 30 is the bad guy or whatever when you're a teenager, and then you get over 30, you're like, oh, oh, I was wrong. There's like that Winston Churchill quote, anybody who's who's not a liberal before 30 has no heart. Anyone who's not a conservative after 30 has no brain. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. It, it's all right. Just pet peeve, pet peeve of mine. Also sending emails. That, man, screw that. Yeah, I just got an email during this about I we have this terrible clock in clock out software that will just not register clock outs and then I have to go correct them but then I have to correct like 10 people's things and so I miss one and then I get an email it's just ah oh, it's such a nightmare. Here's what I don't get. Yes. Belt truthers. So, <laughs> I'm giving this stripper a ride to work and I tell her you need to put your damn seatbelt on to shut this dinger up cuz it's annoying me. And she says, well, I don't wear seatbelts because they don't save lives. They take lives. And I asked her to elaborate on this idiotic How statement to me. And she says that she at one point was pregnant and got in a wreck and the seatbelt pressed on her in a way that killed her unborn baby. And I said, well, if you got in a wreck hard enough that the seatbelt pressed on you hard enough to kill the unborn baby... I'm thinking you flying out the vehicle would probably also would have saved everyone a lot of trouble. These people have no logic. If you don't want to wear a seatbelt, tell me it's uncomfortable or I don't care. I want to die. I don't give a shit. But don't fucking say, ooh, it's more dangerous because the freaking 0.02% chance you might get stuck in the damn thing versus the 99% chance in a roll you're going to freaking get killed. Fucking moron. I thought he was going to talk about the people when, uh, like, the whole mask argument was happening. People were like, well, do you wear a seatbelt? That's a law. It's like, yeah, it's a stupid law. <laughs> no, uh, people now only wear the seatbelt because either A, they've been preached to about it, or B, they want to shut the dinger up. Uh, so there's actually a way to disable the dinger. You have to look it up in your manual, but it usually involves. So on the Mustang, you had to, I had to turn the car on, Dude wait for that forgiveness, all the, all the lights to turn off, which took about five minutes without starting the engine. So it was battery on only. <laughs> then I had, there was a series of buckling and unbuckling and a quick sequence. And then the flash, the seatbelt icon would flash. And then you'd buckle and unbuckle in a new sequence very quickly. And then that disabled the binging, but it only disabled it for the fucking driver's seat. It was, it was a tremendous pain in the ass to make it stop binging, but it did stop binging. It was great. You know what else would make it stop binging? That old Ukrainian man with a shotgun. Yeah. I had a right right through the instrument panel. Bang. I, I hate that thing because it'll like, I know it. That was the other thing in, in talking about the mask and the seatbelt parallel, there is so much propaganda about wearing seatbelts all around you constantly. And 
to the point where I remember at one point I started to, I, so I, the apartment complex I lived in when I first moved back to Tulsa, they got rid of our dumpsters nearby all of our apartments. So instead you had to take your trash, put it in your car, drive it a quarter of a mile to the dumpster and then put it in the dumpster. So if I want needed to take out the trash because like I just made a bunch of food and I've got like potato peels and stuff that I don't want to rot in my house for Let's all week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would have to put it in the car. And since I'm just driving inside this com- this complex over to the dumpster and then back, I would not buckle up. And everyone which was, loses their minds, which was no problem because my, that car that I had at the time didn't bang. No, I started feeling anxiety. I would have anxiety driving without the seatbelt buckled in. And then I realized that I had this anxiety because I had been preached to my entire life about you have to wear a seatbelt. You have to wear a seatbelt. It would to the point where I started to realize that if I got into a car and I, even if it wasn't moving right away, I'd buckle up just completely habitually. So I started driving intentionally without a seatbelt on to train myself out of my anxiety so that I could like deprogram my brain. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something very liberating about just breaking a rule because you can, because screw that rule. And, and I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a law and order kind of guy, but like, like, um, I don't know. There's, there's certain, there's certain societal norms and rules and things like that, that you just, you just have to like, you just have to not do it sometimes to set yourself yeah. free. You have to what, set what yourself ca- free, man. What kind of guy did you say you were? Law and order. I knew it was coming. I knew it. I knew it as soon as I said it. I had to so anyway, switch screens. Um, yeah, yeah. So you had to set that one back up. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a heads up next time. I'll give you like a one of those. Um, no, nah, man. Uh, when we bought this house, I don't know if I've told the story on the show. Aunt Buck and I bought a house in early 2020, just before the market went weird. And um, the whole system is you're supposed to go see a house. You're supposed to go through a realtor, right? Uh-huh. And your realtor calls up their realtor and they schedule an appointment and the people leave the house and then you get to come in and see whatever mess they've made or haven't made or whatever. And um, when we saw this house on Zillow, I was like, it was a Friday night. So we called our realtor, who's a family friend. We're like, hey, we'd like to go see this house. And she goes, I'll call their realtor in the morning, but just be aware she's a ghost and you're not going to get to see the house. Like she just, she's out of Winston and she only answers the phone when she wants to. And I've tried to show this house before. And it's, you know, don't hold your breath, essentially. So the next morning, I was like, hey, to Aunt Buck, I said, let's just like pile up and go to the house. And she's like, you can't do that. I said, Why? Yeah. Why not? So we drove over here and to, to, to saw the, the for sale sign in the yard. And I was like, hey, so pull in the driveway. I'm going to go knock on the door. She's like, you can't do that. You don't have an appointment. And I was like, yes, I can. I can do that and watch what's going to happen. I'm going to do that. So um, I went and knocked on the door and the lady answered the door kind of surprised. And I was like, hey, I see that you have a for sale sign in your yard. I don't have an appointment, but may we see your house? And she was like, yes, yes, come in. And she so that lady has the world's worst realtor. Yeah, she did. Um, Yeah. And oh, there's 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 stories about that realtor that I'm not going to get into right now. But anyway, um, long story short, the fact that we broke protocol is actually why our offer was accepted. Nice. And there's a whole there's a whole long story about our realtor ended up sending and also breaking protocol and sending them an email with our picture, uh, 
and and stuff but it was a whole thing but like yeah because we went and like didn't follow the norm because i'm not a seatbelt preacher i got my house and if we got it for a great deal and now all these plebs are like you can't afford a house in the 2020s and i'm just laughing in like mortgage payments so you know it is what it is uh Got a comment asking if we can call in. You can call into the voicemail hotline with that number. But I think after the success of episode 299, we may do some more call-in episodes in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, speaking um, of voicemails, I got another one here. Well, I'm glad to hear that the uh, podcast is still going to go on, and I'm sure everybody will get used to this format. But I can totally get, uh, get where you're coming from with those mundane nightmares. I had this, I still have fucking nightmares and I call them like anxiety night, like nightmares. Cause I'll just be in some random situation and then I'll be hit with anxiety of, holy shit, I didn't register for college classes or holy shit. I'm supposed to be in class today. And I haven't been in college in those. like seven years. It's, I don't know. It's just probably a way of your body dealing with anxiety. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's the only explanation that I have too. I had I had a couple of them this weekend. It was it was great, fantastic. Mundane uh, nightmares. The fact that you would lucid dream is is uh, more interesting to me because the people chase that for years to be able to do that. Yeah, and then some people I, get even weird with it and do like the astral travel nonsense and whatnot. Yeah, I I not I I don't know why or when I started doing it. I just. I started to be able to tell when I was dreaming and then stop dreaming. There was one time when I was, when I was a kid, I figured out how to, how to know if you're dreaming or not. Yeah. Ask. Ask, am I dreaming? Yeah. Like, um, I was, uh, I was having a dream where I was hanging out with some of my cousins and something didn't seem right. So I just straight up asked them like, Hey, is this a dream? And I figured out, at least for me, apparently dreams, uh, what, what are they called in, uh, that Christopher Nolan movie, your projections. Yeah, like they have to tell you. It's like a cop. It has to tell you if you're if he's a cop. <laughs> Your projections have to tell hey, you if you're dreaming. Hey man, if I'm if I'm dreaming and you're a dream, you have to tell me legally speaking. <laughs> By the way, uh, so if you're if you, this is since it's a dream, you want to buy some weed, and now you're under arrest. Oh. <laughs> here's another one from hey, Dead Helm. Dead Helm here. So here's what I don't get: overly complicated laundry machine. Now, this one of the knobs that you twist, and it says. Quick wash, which, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes max to wash your fucking clothes. I have been waiting. I swear to God, I started laundry at 11 o'clock this morning. I'm calling at almost 1.15 in this fucking load of laundry. Literally just my fucking bed sheet is not fucking done. Because these stupid fucking over-engineered piece of shit fucking Samsung goddamn washing machine. Samsung, yeah. You need to get this, like, super fucking clean. No, you don't. I'm I'm not going to piss the bed. Like, I haven't pissed in bed since I was, like, 15, okay? Like, goddamn, Wait, 15? assholes. <laughs> Throw it in the goddamn dryer. The dryer doesn't even fucking goddamn work. I, I literally, I just called it good enough and, like, pulled out a fucking wet T-shirt, and I'm wearing it right now because fuck it. You know, fuck goddamn technology. Give me a goddamn little knob that doesn't go bing, bing, bing. I want it to go Like, the ones I grew up with, just a little knob that go you know, like you're strangling a duck or something. And God damn. Stay serious, guys. 
You can always tell the effectiveness of the technology by the the grating noise that it makes. If you're if you're turning a dial on your dryer and it sounds like you're grinding the gears in a straight drive, that's a good dryer. The my washer is is what he's talking about, and I hate it because it I don't have the ability to so on my old washroom washer, you could like select cold, hot, warm. On this one, you spin the dial to like your wash time and a longer wash time is hot and a shorter wash time is cold. But if you're like one click too far, it'll come out warm one way or the other. And it's just, it's very annoying. I want it, I want it to wash for the maximum amount of time on cold, cold water. Yeah. I guess I yeah. could close the valve to the hot, but then that would take work because I do wash some things on hot. Or you could wash your clothes in your kitchen sink. Yeah, that could do that, but I'm not going to because I don't live in North Carolina anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now we had um, we had one of those uh, stackable washer and dryers at the old house, and that thing. So normally, whenever your washer or dryer finishes, what does it what does it do? It makes like either a ding or a buzz. Or a yeah. This thing would sing a song, and I oh. hear that song in my do 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 I like it's it's I dream it sometimes. And then you gotta like, go put on warm clothes. Then I gotta go yeah, then I then I like anytime I put on fresh dry clothes, I have a PTSD of that song. He walks up oh. to his dryer and like, Am I dreaming? Answer me, dryer. Do, 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 do. No, that's not the dryer we have anymore. Ah the monsters are coming. So yeah. Uh here's a recap from Mr. Ed. <laughs> here's an idea, kid. In Season 5, Episode 23 of the Classic American Documentary Series, Mr. Ed, Ed has been reading Robin Hood. It has inspired him to steal from the rich and give to the poor. To do this, he puts on four sneakers. His logic is that then the police will be looking for two basketball players. (laughs) This is actually an excellent strategy that Ed has employed, because they'd probably be looking for two basketball players anyway. Later in the episode, Wilbur is dressed up as Robin Hood because he is going to try out for a part in a Robin Hood production. In a gay porno. Ed and Wilbur go to the park. They are going to shoot a test film. Ed is going to be the director and the camera operator. All the, time. the camera is one of those older cameras that has the crank on the side. Which is modern While tech they're the doing time. their test filming, Ed is simply standing behind the camera not even touching the crank. Just besides how those cameras work, he wouldn't film anything that way. Ed is a terrible cameraman. Well, you see, what he did was he used his scam money to have a little DC motor installed in the camera, and the crank is just ornamental now. It was it was automatically going. I got you. Yeah. Here's another one. I, maybe from Andy? I don't know. Here's what I don't get. It's not for me. People who think anyone is impressed with their basic ass Jeeps. So there's a car show in my local park, and they've got some decent cars out here. They get some late 60s Mustangs, late 60s Chargers. They got a 55 Mercury Montclair. They got some old Chevy panel trucks. They got some cool stuff. And then right next to them, oh, uh, a 2020 Jeep. Oh, and there's a 2022 Jeep. Oh, and here's a real classic, 
a 2019 Jeep. They look like they just came off of a dealership lot. Basic ass Jeeps. They got the, they got the hoods up, like their display cars, like their show vehicles. They're just fucking plain (sighs) Jeeps. I could go to a Jeep dealer today and buy one just like it. The fuck is wrong with Jeep people? Why? Because they could, they paid way too much money for their vehicle, and they think that entitles them to be part of the club. The the Jeep community in cars is like people don't know that that it exists, and then you find out about it. And the ones, the guys that like, oh yeah, I take my Jeep off road and like climb the side of a mountain, or you like see the videos of them, they run their cable all the way up and they drive fucking straight up a vertical wall. Cool. And you're like, you're like, okay, I get that. I can be, I, I understand why you're part of that community. That's interesting. But then you get people that are just like, yeah, I drive a Liberty to work. I'm a Jeepster. No, you're, you're just a person that, that bought too a Jeep. Much for a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'd see it too. The Mustangs, like you'll be at a car show and you'll have guys show up in like the 2020 Mustang that <clears throat> doesn't have, didn't do anything to it. Just put a fresh coat of wax on it and showed up like you haven't done any work to earn anything. You just bought this. You know, you have, you have guys that have like, Oh yeah, I bought this 65 Mustang. It was, it had no body. It all it had was like the engine and a couple of pieces. And we, my brother and I spent all of our weekends for five years restoring it all by hand. We did all the, all the work ourselves, except for the paint job. We had that done. And now it's like this preeming gleaming, pristine example of, of the, uh, a car of the era. And then like right next to him will be a guy who's like, yeah, I just pulled off the Ford dealership 45 minutes ago. Isn't this great? It's a GT 500. And you're just like, you're such a jackass. A car is not a personality. It's not. It's not a substitute for personality. Just, just have one of those. That's a, that's those. way way too much work, man. Yeah, some of us are cursed with one. So, uh, all right, we got a couple more. So, my old buddy Crocodile Red decided to get married this weekend, and I went to his wedding, and uh, then went to the reception. So, at the reception, he got the DJ set up, and he's got a couple of big old PVs up on the stands, and he's got a big TV up in the middle over top of his head, and he's got a little table with his laptop and everything, so nothing abnormal there. Until he starts playing music. He gets YouTube up, and you can watch him on the TV searching through to find the songs on YouTube and then play the video. ever-loving <laughs> Fuck. Play in all my ads, years, yeah. I've never seen such an unprofessional display of someone paid to do a job. Fucking anybody could have done that. But his 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 TVs weren't dirty though, were they? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I gotta cue this up real quick. <clears throat> So if you're calling in to leave a voicemail for a way too loud. Okay. 
Okay. If you're calling if you're calling in with a voicemail for a specific host, if uh, if everyone would do me the favor of like mentioning that host in your voicemail, that way I can like save them as being unplayed. So like you'd be like, hey Uncle Buck, hey Tim, hey fourth co-host who will be revealed next week. That way, just because, you know, I don't want to play any of these voicemails that are for Chaco about, like, teaching him how to fish <laughs> when he's not here. I felt so bad for that guy. Hey, guys, it's Sage. So, uh, I'm now on episode 300, so I have no fucking clue if the show is actually ending, but whatever. Uh... So, first of all, fuck Mr. Kill Everything. Uh, second of all, <laughs> fuck uh, Dead Helm. Fuck. That dude has never been fucking funny or interesting. Uh, number three, whoever that faggot is that called to talk shit about me and fucking Mr. Kill Everything on the stream uh, being a <laughs> shitty ending, I agree with you, but fuck you. You're a fucking faggot. Quit talking shit. Fucking give me your address, too. Fuck all of you. All right. Uh, bye. Just tell me where you live. Just tell me where you live. Yep, 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 yep. And one more from Sage. Hey, guys. Essentially, guys. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, hi, Tab. So, uh, of course, it's your first episode after fucking ending the show and fucking Joel is back. And he uh. just needs to fucking talk about Trump during the news for like 40 fucking minutes like Jesus fucking Christ this episode should have been like 45 minutes long and then it turned into a fucking hour and a half episode apparently because I'm not even done with it yet uh, and this one too <laughs> now, Trump is great well not really I mean but you know like all these people are bad who are talking shit about him like shut the fuck up dude like I don't even think that Trump's a bad guy but shut the fuck up, get the cock out of your mouth, you fucking homosexual Paraguayan faggot. Fucking go back to Canada Ooh. or stay in Paraguay. Shut the fuck up. No one needs to hear your opinion on American USA politics, you fucking cunt, uh. faggot Canadian fuck. Shut up. God damn. I should have right, saved that one. I might have to save this and replay it in another episode. Oh, I'm sure he'll hear it. Um, look, man, I got, I got, I got to speak up for my buddy Joel here. Look, if it weren't for Joel being willing to talk about American politics, you wouldn't be listening to this show right now. So I think you need to take that phallus out of your own mouth and uh, stick it back up your butt where it belongs. Because my Canadian Paraguayan buddy, he's welcome to talk trash about the guy that I don't talk trash about. It's fine. It's fine. I haven't even t- I haven't even mentioned Trump this entire episode. It's been fantastic. I think I did though. Did you? Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm uh, I'm also. This is a big announcement from from this point forward. Uh, the show is going to be just three cameras of me and one camera of the guest. That way, people can like really appreciate my face. I guess I could do this, and then then it would kind of balance out. Yeah, one big buck <laughs> and three little tabs. You got you got big buck questions. I've got big buck answers, and now visually as well. Yeah. Well, uh, so, again. 
if you if you want to. Um, like I said, you can now log in and record anything you want, and then I can just edit it later. And this this one camera is like way slower than the others. It's funny. Oh, uh, I see that. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's a built-in so delay. It, 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 there is. I've noticed it. I noticed it with the audio, and that when I hit the button to make the sound play, that one would be slowed down. But I don't know. I guess it also happens with the video. So, uh. Anyway, uh, this has been Here's What I Don't Get. So thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. And um, next week, we will have our first episode with a brand new co-host. And I'll give you this hint. I'll give you this hint. It's someone who's been a guest on the show before. So it's not trucking and tucking because he's never been a guest on the show. If it's Vito, I quit. Vito has never been a guest on the show and will never be a guest on this show. uh, Because this show does not support attention whores. Good man. People are going to say, oh, it's a pedophile. I don't think Vito's a pedophile. I think he's just an attention whore. And so he says things to get you to be like, oh, I need to talk about this guy. Oh, he fucked a cat. I got to talk about this guy. He wants to fuck kids. I got to talk about this guy. And like, and so it's all just good attention to him. But yeah, he'll never be on the show. If my producer requests him to be a guest on the show, I will refund your money. Uh, I, I, like that's the only That's the only thing that I... I can do because I I want don't want to have anything to do with the guy. Yeah, I agree. We already have I enough agree. fat faggots on this show between me, Buck, and Tim. So I'll let it roll. It's whatever. <laughs> remember, remember, remember season two and the the returning joke of the gay butt sex show. Yeah, the gay butt sex hour. Yeah, I think we just need to get back on that. I think that's. Uh, Buck, you're in a dream you haven't hosted. Here's what I don't get in years. And there are three tabs. That's that's kind of you gotta say this is pretty unnormal. It's a nightmare. Well, you know the only way to wake up from a dream if you're in one. To end the show. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. Uh we'll be back next week with a new new guest host. So check that out. Until then then I'm Tab Burt. I'm Uncle Buck. See ya. Bye-bye.